What's going on? It's Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Mariki over Zoom video. Mariki was born and raised in Australia and talks about how she got into music. She was actually, I think, the first or second water birth ever in Australia. And uh, with that being said, she was on the cover of a book because of it. It's an interesting story, especially since she has two older siblings. She was the very first water birth. Uh, So she talks about that a bit. But we also find out that she started singing at a very, very early age. Her mom noticed how well she she sang and and nurtured that and put her in voice lessons, put her in chorus and choir. She talked about joining her first band in university, moving to Los Angeles, befriending some songwriters and producers. She ended up having a few of her songs cut by major artists. She talked about losing her father and how that moment really helped her focus a lot on her own artist career. And we talk a lot about her brand new album, which just came out. It's called Death of a Cloud. You can watch our interview with Mariki on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Mariki. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I am fantastic. I appreciate you doing this. Oh my gosh. I appreciate you um, asking me. I'm so excited. Amazing. Well, I'm Adam and this is about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about your new album as well. Great. Awesome. So uh, first off, Mariki, where were you born and raised? So I was born in uh, Australia. I was actually born in Byron Bay which is a coastal town, but I grew up in Noosa. Okay, how close? Like, what's the major city that's close to? uh, um, I don't know. I'm so bad with geography. No. um, So, yeah, Brisbane is is the closest city to where I I grew up in Noosa, basically. It's about two hours north. But I grew up in a a tiny little coastal town, a very beautiful, a very, very, very magical, beautiful little coastal town, but small nonetheless. That's awesome. Did you grow up like surfing or uh, anything involving the ocean? So, well, I was I was born underwater, actually. Um, in Wait, a what? in a, really <laughs> in a in a birthing pool that my dad built with his bare hands in our backyard. <laughs> oh wow! That that kind of family. Was um, it like a midwife or like? How, yeah, there was a midwife, like, and the, like, there was a there was a doctor. Just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Let's go for this. See what happens. Um, <laughs> so there was a, a beautiful midwife named Pam Pam Sonia, who um, my family is still close with, and uh, and a doctor um, who were present. But yeah, one of the first water births in Australia, I believe. No way. That's wild. Okay, the first ones. So there were these. To be one of the first, like they were just like, okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna try this out. Like, well, so uh, I, I get in other countries, I guess that it it had been happening, but there uh-huh. weren't there weren't that many um, opportunities to do that. You know, nowadays you can go into a hospital or like a center and and give birth. Um, a lot of people are encouraged to give birth in baths or or whatever. Right, but back right, right. Then, sort of like your options were like hospital. hospital. Or, yeah. Or at home. Same same yeah. vibe. Oh my so, gosh. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. You could say you're one of the first ones. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually in a book too. And, no um, way. Yeah, a home birthing book. And I, I was supposed to be on the cover, actually, my first cover, but you could see my mom's breast. So in the 80s, that was um, that, wow. that wasn't allowed. But now there's an now it's like been it's come up again and it's um on the internet. And now I am on the on cover. The, yeah, free the nipple. <laughs> I was gonna say, did they do like a, a re uh, they republished it or something? Yeah. A yeah. revised version with you on the cover. That's so that's awesome. Wow. It's, okay. It's this, it's this really beautiful picture of like my mom and my dad both sort of holding me and looking at me um just after I've been born. So wow, yeah. that's so incredible. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have two older sisters. Oh, old, so you were they they just went with uh, the water birth for you. Yeah, both of my sisters were home births as well. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I was the the only water birth. Interesting. Well, do you come from a musical household? So, um, yes and no. My dad was always strumming on the guitar growing up. Um, and we were all, always listening to, to music in the house. Um, my mom's mom uh, was a singer, um, but, but, but directly... Yeah, du- directly no. My mom was very, very supportive of my voice from a young age. I, I've, I was singing since I was a, a baby, apparently. So. Oh wow. Okay. Do any of your siblings do music? No. Just you. Okay. And with the guitar at the house, was that the first instrument you learned, or were you in piano lessons, anything like that? Yeah, uh, guitar was definitely the first instrument. Um, I sort of started hacking away on and. And but but I really focused um, mostly on on the voice. I had I had vocal lessons from um, sort of a like classically trained teacher quite early on, which I which I loved. And actually, I think it's it it's it's sort of how I knew to to operate my higher register. Was, sure. Was doing some of those more classic classical um, tunes with him, and then um, yeah yeah. I was in like choirs and stuff, but my mom always wrote as well. And so I think from her, I learned, I write every morning. And so I sort of watched her write and I've continued on doing that. Does she just write for, for fun or. Yeah. She just writes. I think sort of like for catharsis, I think. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever done um, the book, the artist's way. I've read it, but I, I haven't done. I know what you're talking about. Oh, that's they say, cool. yeah, you get up and you do, you know, yeah, your morning that to kind of, yeah, to get your, your brain kind of going. Yeah. So even before I'd read that book, unbeknownst to me, my mom had read it. And that's sort of where she, when she started doing her morning pages. But um, I actually recently reread it and did the whole, all of the tasks and stuff. Okay. And I, I'm I'm a big fan and I just love that idea of waking up in the morning and going like, okay, I'm just going to like blurt out all of the thoughts that are simmering on the top of my mind so that I can clear space for um, my creativity or my divinity to, to sort of come through. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, for me, I think, or I think, I think for anyone who's, whose brain sort of moves quite fast and, with all of the stimulus we're getting all the time, it's just, for me, it's such a nice way to be able to like get it out of my mind and onto the page. 
It's mm. like I was actually speaking to this adorable girl in a coffee shop the other day and I'd taken my journal in and she was like, oh, my God, I love journaling. I was like, same. <laughs> and and, she, and we, 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 we sat there and we discussed like, what do other people do with all of the thoughts in their brains the whole time? Like, do they honestly just like keep them there the entire time? Because that would stress me out. Yeah, just suppress them, I guess. Yeah, you just get up and start writing whatever the hell you, you're thinking, right? You're just oh, like, okay, blah, 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 I feel like this, or you just jot down anything and everything in your mind. Yeah, and then you're then for me anyways, it's like my mind feels a lot clearer. And I also, if there's been any like emotional t- turmoil or like anxieties that might have snuck in that I hadn't really acknowledged but we're, but we're sort of just, you know, living beneath the surface. It's like, oh, that's why, I don't know, I'm a bit pissed off today or that's why, right. you know, a bit agitated. And you can sort of like address them and they go, okay, cool, and move on. As yeah, it's like a, you're self-reflective. Yeah, as opposed to them just like niggling away. I don't know. What do you, do you, do you write? What do you? Um, well, I, I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous. And one of the things that you ha- you're supposed to do is kind of do like a daily reprieve at the end of the day. Like, okay, here's the stuff I did that was good. I opened the door for this person at the restaurant or, you know, you just kind of like recap your day. Right. And then you write all the things down that you, you know, your bad thoughts as far as like, oh yeah, this person cut me off. And I was like, that guy or whatever. You, you, you kind of just write down these these thoughts that kind of come through your mind. And I started doing it in the morning, which is helpful, like recap instead of at the end of the night, like doing it in the morning time, like, okay, yesterday I did this. And, and it's just like, it's really interesting how you can kind of start your day off. Like, okay, I'm acknowledging all those things yesterday, but now it's like a fresh, fresh day. Yes, totally. I, um, I, I love the 12 step programs for that sort of self analysis and for the tools that they give, Oh yeah. It's not even about the, the drinking or using after like two months. Right. You're like that obsession is kind of being been lifted. And then it's just like, who am I as a person? Like, it's really interesting. I completely agree. I feel like it's this whole, it's almost like a secret, like gang of people who like have all these tools to deal with life that just aren't readily available in other, other, other like, People don't have and, access to that kind of stuff. And it's free. It's crazy. And it's free. That's what, <laughs> honestly, that's what I always say. I'm like, it's literally free therapy. It's like, yeah. it's literally free self-betterment. Everyone's paying like all this money to do all of this self-care stuff. And it's like, that's important too. But, sure. but you know, a lot of people also use money as an excuse, I think, to not work on themselves. And it's like, right. Well, yeah, well, it's very fascinating. I mean, you, you, I, I mean, when I went into it, I had just had this, uh, a, pre you know like i had this idea what it would be and you know from tv or whatever and then it's like well that was not at all what i was expecting (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it's it's wild it's amazing how much those those steps really can benefit people even if you if you just did them and and you had no like addiction or alcohol problem you're just like okay i'm powerless over whatever it may be something that's bothering you in your life. And you went through and did like, you know, your resentments and all these things. And it's like, wow, you could really focus on your own character defects. You maybe never would have even addressed if you weren't kind of doing that work. Yeah. Well, and I think that we're all addicted to something like whether it be uh, my experience in um, within the 12 steps was, was CODA, which is Codependence Anonymous. Oh, sure. 
And so, like, that's what I mean. You don't need a you don't need a particular vice to engage in the twelve step yeah. programs. Like, like a like a tangible. You know what I mean? Like, right. we all have addictions to control and to, I mean, a million different things. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. It's really fascinating. Yeah, and I loved it. I for, for me, I was like, oh my gosh, here's a safe space where everyone wants to sort of discuss the, this, and where people are being so much more honest and vulnerable than people generally are in society. Mm-hmm. And that's so helpful, you know? Oh, yeah. Because when you can feel somebody else has gone through something, well, you go in there thinking like, oh, I'm never going to tell anyone about that. And then <laughs> yeah. you hear somebody's story that was even more intense. You're like, well, damn, if that person's gonna <laughs> willing to share that, then where, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> but, you know, I also found a bit of that in doing The Artist's Way, doing uh, her- It's sim- very similar. Cameron's task there. It, 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 it has a, um, some, and I just started reading also, or I'm about midway through the Rick Rubin creativity book. Oh, I, I haven't read, I, I've heard of it. And I actually recently heard of him on a podcast, which is very fascinating, just the amount of records he's produced over oh, the course wild, of the, yeah. you know, Amazing. decades. Um, the, it's funny, it's not a workbook at all, but uh-huh. the, the, the comments and the suggestions he makes about creativity in that book. Are, are very aligned with uh, the artist's way, I would say. I'll have to check like it that. out. And I want to re-listen to the artist's way. I have it on uh, Audible because <laughs> I'm lazy. Uh, but <laughs> but re- re-listening to it, yeah, that's like, I mean, it is fascinating. I mean, I'm not a musician or uh, in that regard, but uh, being creative is something I've always kind of been drawn to and uh, just helps me even with conversations like this, like just knowing you know certain things that you wouldn't have i wouldn't ever like looked at outside i believe that we are all creative i think that just some of us have um different access points to it sure no 100 percent. wow um well back to you and your music i mean going that that was awesome and fascinating conversation um but (laughs) i yeah (laughs) sometimes these conversations just go away and i'm like oh wow that was awesome uh, but so so you were in you started off, you know, singing. You said you're a very early age since you're a baby. You're singing and your mom was the one that noticed that and kind of uh, catered you and kind of put you in these voice lessons. I would say so. Yes. Um, I was in sort of first like a group sort of singing lessons, which I, I didn't really like because I, sure. I didn't play well with others. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting. You're like, OK, I'm going to sing with 12 other people and how am I going to get you know yeah yeah I was I was actually this, I quite shy as a child so it was like um I yeah I don't know I, I preferred the private lessons that I went into afterwards and then I joined a band when I was in university oh, wow. um like I said I was shy so it actually took me a little later to really engage with my voice and my writing so when uh, you joined the band were you the singer and songwriter so I wasn't. I was just the singer to start with. I, well, the co-singer to start with. My friends had a band and they'd spent Christmas with me, I think. And and uh, I feel like it was then that they sort of realized that I could sing and uh, invited me to join. Um, and so that was really my first experience of being on stage and um, recording my voice and, and all of that. I, I think the very first show I ever played, I like literally tripped onto the stage. Like I like <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> hilarious. Um, and then from then it wasn't actually really until I moved to the States that I started properly songwriting. I, um, 
I met just a, a group of songwriters and producers in in East LA and very sort of haphazardly started recording demos for them. You know, they were all writing pop songs. Oh, and you uh, were the voice pitch, on the demo. And I was the voice, exactly, to pitch to bigger artists. And fr- from that, it sort of very naturally just uh, moved into me writing my own stuff and um, and and one of those songs quite quickly really getting picked up and, and cut by Kylie Minogue. Wow. Uh, which was super exciting as an Australian in LA, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, I did, I did the, sort of the pop writing, sort of boot camp style stuff for a while before re-entering sort of my own artistry, and that was a that was the journey towards this record. Interesting. Yeah. Cause once you kind of, oh, if you write a song, then obviously a, a big artist cuts it. It's like, okay, this is where I'm shining. Right. It would be hard to stir away and be like, okay, well, I'm going to write these songs for myself and kind of pursue that. But this is being, this is lucrative and working and I'm, you know, I'm getting in these writing rooms, but I'm pitching other artists. It, it was really, it was such an interesting journey for me. Cause I was so naive. I like, I showed up in LA and was like, what do you mean? Like Beyonce doesn't write her own songs. What do you mean? Like <laughs> I like how I was so clueless. Well, I think and, a lot of people are. They're just like assume like okay, so and so writes all their own songs. But it even comes down to the, some of the biggest artists and you know Beyonce, obviously. But like you know Justin Bieber has uh, Pooh Bear, who writes almost all the songs for him, or he you know probably writes the majority, and then he kind of comes in and tinkers it and changes it to how he would love it to sound for him, but. It's fascinating. And it was just this whole world that I was really new to. And even when they said, oh, Kylie wants to cut your song. I remember being like, but that's my song. (laughs) (laughs) I had like a moment and I was like, okay, don't be ridiculous. Kylie wants to cut your song. I grew up. I remember literally when I was a kid, my mom and both of my sisters went to the Kylie Minogue concert and they didn't take me because I was too young. And I like cried my eyes out. Like I was so upset that they didn't take me. And so I was like, yeah. Well, I wrote a song for her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Well, what took you to LA? How did you get from Australia then to Los Angeles? Oh, great question. Uh, I um, I actually meant to move to New York, and I I <laughs> <Miss Coast. laughs> and I and I did, but like I don't know, somehow ended up in LA for a few months before that before I was moving to New York, and that's when I met this whole group of of you know, producers and, and songwriters who, you know, have since, who, who are sort of at the beginning of their careers then, but who have since gone on to, you know, Dan did the Olivia Rodrigo record and Ariel's, you know, Haim and like they, they, oh, they yeah. all. He's, yeah, Ariel's done so many records. Yeah, he, he did uh, Henry Hall, who's, uh, um, he's the son of, Louis, uh, what the hell is her name? She's Elaine in Seinfeld. Oh, um, Dreyfus. Dreyfus, yeah. Dreyfus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he also did the new uh, We Are Scientists record, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was just this crew that I, like, happened to meet out or something, like, when I first moved to L.A. And Ariel Jeez. ended up signing. I know, crazy. Ariel ended up signing me to his uh, publishing company, Heavy Duty. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and yeah, I I was living with with Dan and uh, a, a, a couple of other producers and writers. And anyways, it was just it was a great you know what it was a really fun time in LA. Like those years were were super fun. I don't feel like it was as saturated with pop songwriters maybe as it is now like it felt like while I was there for the I think I was there for 12 years oh um, wow it really sort of like it went from being like oh this is like a sort of side thing these people you know Jesse Shatkin who did a bunch of stuff with C he did Chandelier with Sia and all that like they all have their little home studios and we would work in you know each other's garages or whatever and then that sort of it became. I feel like the pop songwriting thing in LA became very omnipresent. Oh, massive, and yeah. It was massive, and that's when I sort of I kind of dipped out. I I I love working. I love collaborating with other people. I love writing songs with other people. You know, I would do that. Ev- you know, every day, and I and I love to do that. But it did become quite like political. It was like, well, if you haven't written a hit, then you don't get yeah. anywhere. Then it looks, they have to look at the resume and And all that. And I was, and I, yeah, so I kind of burned out on that. And in the same breath, my father passed away in 2014, which was a massive, like emotional upheaval for me. He was my best friend. We were, we were like, you know, we, we looked the same. We, we were the same, you know, it was such a, a huge, huge loss for me. And I really do think that that realigned me a bit with wanting with my personal purpose and wanting to make uh be an artist mm-hmm. a, a, as opposed to just a just a writer writer yeah where are you now are you in australia so no i um during the pandemic i actually moved to the uk so i i live oh, wow uh, yeah so i spend half my time out in the countryside and half in in london interesting okay so once, you know, so your father passed away in 2014 and that's when you started to really pursue your artist career? I'd say so. I'd released a couple of singles that had done okay. And then I had toured as the vocalist for an electronic uh, uh, producer named Goldroom. And I'd had a couple of, I'd featured on a couple of his singles and we'd sort of toured, like, we'd toured a lot of America and we'd done mm-hmm. Columbia and and that had been great. That had been a great experience too, sort of like getting my sea legs in terms of performing live. Sure. Especially um, I'm sure bigger, big audiences. Yeah. Big festivals and, and, and all of that. And I did that again, actually more recently, just before the pandemic for flight facilities, which are an Australian sort of dance duo, Wow. Um, which is great. It's so much fun, um, but it's very different from standing on a stage, you know, and singing your your songs, your heart out. Right? Yeah, and your songs are a lot more like somber and slower than <laughs> like an EDM song. I feel like. No, it's funny. It's you know <laughs> what? It's something that I actually really struggle with because I love to jump around on stage. Like I love, and I love for a live performance to be fun and engaging and energetic. So it actually was something that I thought about when I was writing these songs. Like you like you say, they're, they're, you know, they're more vulnerable. They're mm-hmm. they're and they're a little slower, but I'm actually just putting together my live set. And I had a, a dear friend the other day sort of say to me, he's like, 
just because your songs are slower on the record doesn't mean they have to be live. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Okay, <laughs> watch, the, watch this space. <laughs> so you sped them up quite a bit. <laughs> well, we'll see. We're, I'm just about, I'm actually like having a call after this with, with um, my guitarist, Jerry, about guitarist and Jerry, who, who produced a lot of the record, uh, Jerry Bernhardt uh, with Tony Buchan to, um, to sort of chat about how we're going to do that. Amazing. So you, uh, when did you start writing this record? I think I saw that it, it's been a few oh. years in the making, right? Well, the f- I feel like one of the first songs that I wrote for the record was Phone Call, which was written mm-hmm. in 2014 with Dan Nigro. Um, uh, I wrote that about my father just after he'd passed oh, okay. away. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then Wasted Love is also an, an older one that I wrote back in my sort of more L.A days I would say mm-hmm. and then the rest sort of were were a work in progress a few of them like the garden and presence presence is I think one of my favorite, favorite songs on the record yeah that oh, one good. I had I'm bad with track list or number or names uh, da, da, da. oh wasted loves are one I really like too oh good yeah I love wasted love uh presence I wrote during the like in like 2021 i guess so one of the last tracks of the record and same with the garden wasted love is an oldie uh which i've just always loved you know like great song yeah it's be that song i produced that song honestly probably like 30 times over (laughs) oh wow i could just never get it right like i've always loved the song the melodies and the lyrics and everything like that song has always been great but I, it, it, it was a painstaking process to perfect it and bless Jerry Bernhardt, who in the end helped me get over the line with that one. I'll say you I, did this job. The job you did on is fantastic. I'm super happy with how it, it, it turned out. So were you writing this? I guess you said you moved to the UK during the pandemic. Were you in LA and during that time you got up and moved? So I was actually in Australia. It happened to be in Australia for my birthday, oh. March. Oh, bummer. March 2020. Well, actually, what Your was birthday my- is on March 20th? 23rd. Oh, okay. My son, older son's birthday is March 20th. Oh, so is he a little Aries? He is. He is. Oh, lucky <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one's is uh, April 23rd. So in next Saturday? Ne- oh, next week. soon. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> Two in a row. It's, it's fun. <laughs> Cute. How old are they? One just turned 15. The other one's turning seven. Oh, I love I love I love I love the teens. They, oh, they, yeah. They've I, been fun. Oh, they're so fun. <laughs> so oh, fun. Yeah. They're so like self-assured. Oh, now, sure. Now so, yeah, like so nice, are, you know, oh. never, never talk <laughs> back. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny the, the i i feel like a kinship with teenagers teenagers of the now i'm always like i swear i should have been born in this this era this. oh my god i just love them <laughs> that's awesome uh, oh. um sorry i've lost the question no so you were you were you said you're in uh australia for your birthday oh yeah for March. my birthday and then so ended up getting stuck there um mm-hmm. For a few months uh, for 2020, but it was, it was, I mean, it was paradise. We were by the beach and it was, 
I feel like, I don't know about you, but everything pre-2020 had like sped up a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything had felt really fast and on top of each other and and sort of not having that time and space to really breathe into myself. And um, yeah, so that first part of the pandemic was actually for me a, a real sort of re- release and relief. Uh, and then, I mean, then I went back to the States and got back for a pretty tumultuous time and and uh, came to the UK and then sort of just never left. So I've been Were there. you writing the record during this, this time? Yeah, not that first time. Uh, I was writing. I'm, I'm always writing. I'm like, I'm just one of those people. I, I have like 9,000 voice memos in my phone <laughs> and um, like books and books and books just full of like scribbly lyrics. Uh, but no, I think mo- a lot of the record was done and then it was just those last few songs that hadn't been um, written, but I was in process of producing it at that time. So I started um, producing remotely with Tony mm-hmm. and Jerry during that time uh, and just getting stuff finished. Sure. Yeah, because I didn't know if you were, I've, I've talked to other artists that either had a lot of creativity during that time period or absolutely none because it's like there wasn't a whole lot of world ex- or life experiences <laughs> happening, you know, so to speak, aside mm-hmm. from what you could see in Ooh, the media. I, I don't know. I think I'll, I might, I feel like for me, it was a lot of life experience happening though. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I, I went on like a, uh, what is it? The dark, the dark night of the soul or whatever. I just feel like it was like, it was such a time of self-reflection and I feel like I can only speak for me personally, but it was a real time to call on any sort of tools that I had, uh, found to deal with difficult you know Mm. emotions and and situations in the past and really really hold on to them or put them into practice you know and that's sort of where the song present that's that's where the song presence came out of I was having a really so the first part of the pandemic was great for me the second part was was tough I was in a new country it was my first English winter there were no you know (laughs) nothing was open I I wasn't you know we were we were live I was living like with family and all that sort of stuff that a lot of people went through. Uh, and I, but I'm a big Eckhart Tolle fan and his book, A New Earth is one of my favorites. And I, so I started rereading that and, you know, he's like the king of presence. And I just, I, I, when I could get my brain out of being in the past or, you know, that, that I missed or that I didn't have anymore or the future that was so uncertain and I could just be in this very moment, everything was fine, you know, and it was really only when when my mind took me elsewhere that shit sucked. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So I really wanted to and also I love to be able to get like a positive messaging into a pop song without it sounding cheesy. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that was a real goal for this song too. And the other thing that I really love about the way presence turned out is that 
it's like this mantra, right? Presence, presence. It's a mantra for me. Uh, and then at at the end, and it's fun and it's upbeat. It's like, that's mm-hmm. right. It doesn't have to all be like, you know, I grew up with alternative parents who, you know, sometimes listen to alternative music that really wasn't good. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, what do you mean as far as that? I'm well, like, you know, like, you like, you like new agey, you know, uh, I don't know, anything that like, anything that would say would promote something like presence in a song wasn't got it like cool right okay sure right so anyways there's that but then you know at the end of the song i have the breakdown where i'm like screaming Mm -hmm. Um, you are nirvana just like the wave is the water and then i fucking scream it you know i'm like you are nirvana just like the wave and when i was recording that i was literally on the floor in the studio screaming like I thought that I like broke my voice box at one <laughs> at one point I was like oh um but that it was so important for me to get that energy into it because I think with a lot of positive messaging there's this whole like and it's all good and it's like no like doing the work and putting into practice these really challenging concepts like presence fucking hard like Mm -hmm. and it's brutal and it's like you know life is life is pain what is the what is the princess bride quote life is pain anyone trying to tell you otherwise is trying to sell you something um that's a good one i don't remember yeah it's been a minute since i've seen that one Oh, such a one of my faves classics. A lot of people love that film. Oh, it's the the greatest. So well written. (laughs) But it's like yeah, life is not just joy. And don't get me wrong, I love joy. I love excitement. I love um, finding the best in things. And I've experienced deep grief. I've experienced deep heartbreak and and pain. And I don't want to be someone who resists that. I want to be someone who can be okay with the full spectrum of of human existence mm-hmm. and i think you do a great job of portraying that on the on the album i mean it's a really vulnerable album thank you and was that something that uh were you ever at all concerned about people hearing your stories in that way or no it's really funny i weirdly wasn't i and i don't know whether that was just because the last few years has have been you know so tough for, for so many people and uh, including myself uh and that it was uh, almost a bit of it like, well, who, who? <laughs> who gives a shit at this point? <laughs> who, cares? <laughs> who cares? Like, yeah. it's so much more important to be honest and be myself. And and I have to say that, you know, I worked really hard for a really long time to make this record sound and feel the way that it does. And I'm just so happy that when I hear it or when Indeed, I like, you know, press, you know, sent it out into the world. I didn't have any, there's no remorse. There's no like, oh, I wish I'd done that or, oh, that's a bit awkward. It's like, no, I feel because I think I did really, really, you know, it took me a long time to make this record. Um, I think that I, yeah, I'm very fortunate that I just feel really proud. Well, you should be because it's an, uh, yeah, it's an incredible album. Thank you. So, um, wow. Yeah. It, a lot of, 
a lot of people or creatives might think like, you know, when they hear a song, their own song a bunch of times, like, I wish I would have done this differently. But I love the fact that you're like, this is it. Like, I did exactly (laughs) what I wanted to execute. And it's perfect. Like I said, I reproduced Wasted Love, like upwards. (laughs) (laughs) But the 30th version is, yeah, it's there. But it was the 30th version. It's perfect. And I, uh, in saying that, I had to do this for the first one. The next record's not going to be so painstaking. The next record, I'm like, you know what? It, it, it's going to come out a lot. Do a it lot and get it out. <laughs> yeah. But that one I had to, for whatever reason, it was like, it, it was, I had, I had to make it the way it is. And I'm happy. Well, it's, about it. again, it's a great, it's a fantastic uh, album. And yeah. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for, for having this conversation with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so, it's been so lovely. I do have one more quick question before I let you go and hop on your call with your guitar player. <laughs> I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. I think the best advice um, that I could give would be to spend time with yourself and on yourself. I think that often we look at our artistry and creativity as something different to our, 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 our life, and I don't think that they are. I think that true creativity, you know, is our own divinity, and I think the more work you do on yourself, the, the better your art becomes. So, yeah, don't listen to anyone else. Just listen to yourself. <laughs>